Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to Versus, the show where nerds do what nerds do best, argue. I'm Caitlin Hempstead, and this week I will be representing Sarah Connor. And I'm Adam Peacock, and this week I will be representing Eleven from Stranger Things. Two powerful, iconic women who battle creatures from another world, sort of, um, and will do anything to protect the ones they love. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. This one's going to be very difficult. Yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup. And I think I'm going to try, I mean, not that I'm very good at it anyways, but I'm going to try not to do bits because I was like, I think I have a legitimate argument for this. Okay. Uh, I'm always legitimate. Every single second of my life well, not that, Yes, I'm not that I'm not either, but like, <laughs> just, it, it might not just be as entertaining as what I would like it to be. Yeah, this is not going to be funny. It's not about laughing. It's about getting to the bottom. This is a serious, yeah. Of who is actually better. Yeah. Enough uh, dicking around. Enough. Sticking around, it's time for some ovaries, baby. Uh, Adam, I'm going to put two minutes on the clock, and I'm going to ask you to give me your opening argument about who Eleven is and why she is the greatest character of all time. I, I mean, let me go back to 2016 when this thing came out. When Stranger Things came out, I was on a, I was working on a cruise ship, and uh, somebody brought in some pirated copies of Stranger Things. So we watched it on, on a hard drive and I fell in love with this show uh, instantly. It took me back to the magic of those times. I was a kid in those times and I don't think I fully appreciated it until I could see that time through the magic of current film and television making. Uh, all the adventure those kids were going through, I completely identified with. And I think Eleven clicked with me because that's sort of who I think a lot of people want to be. That's the kind of hero that I would want to be. I identified with her because she, and we'll get into it later, but she kind of comes from a very shitty situation and she really kicks ass. She's a really cool, fun, complicated character. She's in, she's very intriguing. And I don't know how much of that is the character and how much of it is Millie Bobby Brown as an actress, but I think both are very good. And you, you root for this person. You care about this person. She makes you, she makes you feel and she handles some things in the world that are pretty scary and pretty intense for what we must not forget our children at the time when we watched this show, young, young children. But she's great. I love her. Uh, she's, yeah, she's just a fun superhero character who I think you, if you could create one who you'd want to be, that would be it. Beautifully put and will be tough to beat. But I think I'll probably beat it. Yeah, I mean, let's see what Sarah Connor can do. I mean, I just gave some heartfelt stuff. 
Yeah, yours is really heartfelt, but I want to I want to give people some facts, some deets. I'm going to say eight little words to you. Leader of the resistance in the future war. Can you imagine a cooler description of a person than as the leader of the resistance in the future? And that is what Sarah Connor is. I think that when people think back on the Terminator movies, especially Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, they think that she's just sort of like a mom or she's just a waitress. But Sarah Connor is a leader and a fighter and a warrior in her own right. When we first meet her, yeah, she's a college student. She's a waitress. Her life gets turned upside down because some guy's like, come with me if you want to live. Um, But Sarah never takes anything lying down. Uh, She's running. She's fighting, even from the beginning. And when we meet her again, do you know what she's doing when we see her in 1995, Adam? Do you remember this? I sure do. She's in a mental institution doing chin-ups. Yeah, she's pretty jacked. She's jacked as hell. Linda Hamilton is nothing but rippling muscle. She's a puma in human form. Uh, Sarah Connor often gets sort of thought of as like the mom of John Connor, who's the real leader of the resistance against the robots who want to kill all humans. But I think that without Sarah having the bravery to stand up against what's wrong, to do things that are dangerous that society tells her not to do in order to try and save the world – But also to have the vulnerability to love her son and take care of him, to forgive a robot in her heart when it's proved that he's not that bad of a guy, then the world as we know it would not exist. So I think that Sarah is the hero that we need and didn't deserve and the kind of mother that I think I hope to be. And I just think she rules. And that's my opening statement. Man, that's good too. I agree with all of that. <laughs> They're both cool. They're both cool. I mean, you're right. We don't, we still don't deserve Sarah Connor as a mother. I think we don't, but I think anyone would be lucky to have her. Adam, like, tell me a little bit about Eleven's backstory and what makes you love her so much. She's a product of MK Ultra. Are you familiar with the MK Ultra program, Caitlin? Indeed I am. It was a real government program yep. to try doing weird stuff to win the Cold War, like give people psychedelics to make them aggressive, which is not my yes. experience with psychedelics. Um, but anyway, then it becomes a plot line in Stranger Things. Yes. And I also, I've never taken psychedelics because I'm afraid of that very thing happening. <laughs> You'll become a super soldier? Yes, I will become a Manchurian candidate, which is what they were trying to do too. And I think that's sort of what Eleven maybe was sort of being uh, worked into. So she's the product of an MK Ultra program where her papa, played by Matthew Modine, has sort of kept her hostage in this Hawkins research facility in the middle of Hawkins, Indiana. It's this sort of spooky area of town, which is perfect for that show because as kids, there was always something spooky in her town. But It's her story of trying to understand her powers and understand who she is, where she's from, what is her purpose, while navigating the world of becoming a teenager and finding love and finding, like, discovering what it means to be a woman and how do you navigate that in a place where you've never had any autonomy. Mm. Um, And all the while, she is put up in front of the most, in front of the world-ending threats, the upside down, the Demogorgon, the, I mean, Vecna, I, you know, Vecna, this big baddie from season four, this 
person from her past who's come back to hurt her. So that's her story. She's out into the world. She's befriended these four boys from Hawkins who have found her and they really help her along in her journey to go through all of those things. Wow. Yeah. When we meet Eleven, she's just a little sort of um, androgynous baby. And by yeah. the end of it, she's a whole ass woman. I watched an interview today with her with Matthew Modine and she sat down and I didn't recognize her. I was like, oh, yeah. who is this 40 year old beautiful woman who just sat down? <laughs> it's insane. It's insane watching these kids yeah. grow up. Yeah, um, it's nuts. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you that like Eleven's journey is really emotionally resonant. I will say one of the reasons that I wanted to do Sarah Connor is that I don't really like coming of age stories. Um, I find them a little bit formulaic. And, you know, God love the writers of Stranger Things. Obviously, it's a huge hit. But I kind of trailed off watching that show because at a point I was like, I got it. Eleven wants to wear lipstick. She wants to date a boy. Ah, and I feel like, you know, it's a great character, but is she really bringing anything new to the narrative? You know what? I think maybe that's a problem with me because I am a total mark for nostalgia. You <laughs> okay. put up anything from the mid 80s or the 90s, I'm in. Well, then I think that might be a point in my favor because Sarah Connor is authentically from the 80s. And that's what you makes know, it so tough. set in 84. And even all of the Sarah Connor Chronicles and the TV shows and the spinoffs are all kind of set then. So it's like, you know, she's Allie bringing that nostalgia. hadn't seen the first Terminator. We watched it like two <gasps> weeks ago. It's great. Oh, my God. You hadn't? Yeah. she. Well, I, I had seen it. She had never seen it. So we went back and we watched it. And it's oh. really, yeah. It's so good. It's so perfect. And this feels like a good place to point out like this is a little inside baseball but a lot of people really like to just credit James Cameron and be like oh what a genius I'd like to point out I think that is his most human movie and I think it's because he co-wrote it with Gail Ann Hurd who is an absolutely legendary writer producer um, film executive and I think that Gail Ann Hurd brought a female gaze to this movie that I think doesn't exist in a lot of action movies including Alien God love it uh, and I think that Sarah Connor is just like a really fully realized character. And I think it's because there was a woman there being like, we need to do her justice. Yeah. And that's my spicy little take. <laughs> and what are those Duffers brothers doing, huh? You know what? No, I think you're right. I saw Avatar too, and I wish she would have been there for that. Because I really, <laughs> I think I there's mean, a thing, I'm up on my soapbox now, but I think there's a thing where male directors make their best work with a woman uh, partner like as their producer or their editor. It's the same with Star Wars. Uh, it's the same with... Um, uh, you could tell I really love the podcast. You must remember this, but it's uh, the same with Polly Platt. I think that, and then those women's contributions don't get credited because they're below the line. And uh, then the men go, I can do this on my own. And then I don't think they ever make anything as good again. Spicy you, uh, That Patton Oswalt joke still, I love that joke where he's talking about any great movie that was directed by a man was really directed by the the, the female editor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard that? Um, Patton's like the Simpsons, friends. man. He always did it first. He's great. Yeah, and she, he's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, Zoe Saldana. Is that who's in Avatar? I forget who's in It's mm -hmm. her and what's his name? Jake uh, Sully? You can't like, possibly ask me to remember that man's name. I can't think of his it name It can't either, be done. I, I, I probably can't remember who's in uh, Avatar 2 because she doesn't do anything. Yeah, God love her. Um, so anyway, that's why I Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> the voice of God is telling us.
Thanks, buddy. It's Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. I'm going to forget it a se- the second I close that chat yep. window. Um, <laughs> what else do you love about Eleven? The power is very cool. Mm-hmm. I think I've always wanted to be able to move and crush things with my mind. And I wish I wish that was a real thing. I wish that MK Ultra could teach me how to do that. I think you're probably born with it, but... Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe that's what it is. But I think that's a really cool power. I think the bloody nose looks cool too. You're right. I think, you know, the the very, just the whole aesthetic of her, the androgynous look that you were describing earlier, I think is so cool with the white gown. She's kind of crazy looking, really badass looking, but very sweet in the eyes. You know, she's got a soul in there. She's still a little um, baby. Yeah, she's a baby and she's battling these huge ass monsters from other dimensions and I think that's pretty sweet. I I have to concede that I think a trope of like, this character is better than this character is like, if they fought, who would win? No question. Eleven is destroying Sarah Connor. She would snap her in half immediately. Yeah, it's like fighting an X-Men. Yeah. (laughs) It is a lady who works out a lot fighting Storm. Yes, of course Aroa Monroe is going to win. She's going (laughs) to hit you with lightning. Why did I pick Storm and not, oh, I don't know, Jean Grey, whatever. Oh my God. Could you imagine if Eleven could control the weather too? Oh, God, we would all be boned. Mm-hmm. She would be emperor of Earth. I do think Sarah Connor also has a really freaking cool aesthetic. Like, when we meet her in the mental institution, she's in a white tank top and, mm-hmm. like, doing pull-ups with the crazy hair. It's awesome. When they are on the road in Mexico, her and John in Terminator 2, uh, and she just, like, is strapped to the freaking gills with ammunition and, like, sweaty. Like, I... I hate to get personal, but I had never seen a woman look like that on film when I saw Terminator 2 when I was in college. Like, I was very accustomed to the idea of, like, women in disaster movies looking, like, still pretty and, like, being in heels with boots. And then there's just Linda Hamilton, like, it's awesome. And I think it's such a cool progression, too, because when you meet her, she is all those things you described. She's a very – she's not not a remarkable person, and I don't think she's meant to be. And (laughs) – when you see her again in two, of course she's in a mental institution. Like, yeah. how could yeah. you not be? Of course like, they destroyed her because they couldn't understand her. Right. I just think it's an interesting harmony that both of these characters are sort of in institutions because mm-hmm. they're like, this woman is crazy. And then it's like, no, this woman's just too awesome for you to even fathom. Do they ever describe or explain why she ended up in the mental institution in two? She tried to blow up a building. And look. Oh. One shouldn't do that. No. But if you're trying to defeat Skynet. Yeah, but I don't know. Is that a mental institution worthy crime? I think she probably went, the world is going to end in eight years and I know exactly how. And they went, you That'll seem do a little cuckoo. That'll do it. <laughs> Woo. You got to go to the nut house. What were you going to say? I There's a picture. I can see it in my head and I think it was a still, but it's in the movie where they're in the desert when they go to that family that lives in the trailer that has mm. all the extra guns mm-hmm. and she's sitting on the picnic table and she's got on the I think it's a gray tank top yep. with the with the Ray-Ban glasses the ponytail fixing a gun which again Ugh. you know guns or whatever but they're bad she, but like I, I was like that's pretty hot yeah. <laughs> look is this the moment where I started to question whether I was 100% straight maybe I get it Who's to say? I get it. And, you know, I will also argue, I think Sarah Connor's friends are cooler. Now, I don't want to denigrate the Stranger Things boys. They're children, of course. Sure. But Sarah Connor is traveling with 
a kid who's a bad boy, a Bart Simpson, you might say, and a handsome Austrian robot. Like, that's a cool posse. It is a cool posse. That is, again, it's a car full of good-looking people. Woo! Yeah. Even little baby, um, oh, gosh. Why can't I remember a single actor's name? Uh, Edward, Ed, Ed Furlong. Ed Furlong. Little Ed Furlong with his spiky hair. When I was 13, I would have gone crazy for it. Oh, yeah, of course. He When he hacks the ATM with that little uh, Palm Pilot thing. So first, cool. The, the first time I saw that, I was like, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I got a Palm Pilot <laughs> if I could do that. I'm sure you have it in you. You just respect the rule of law too much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I think if we're comparing posse to posse, for me, I think Sarah Connor wins. But do you think Eleven's posse is cool? No, I don't. And because <laughs> I think, I know they're not because I was in that posse. I was one of those kids. I think, ah. I, I mean, I really want to be a Lucas. I, I see myself as a Lucas, but I'm really probably a Dustin. Okay. And Dustin is the the, the sweet little round face boy? Yeah, he's a sweet little round face boy yeah. who brings a demogorgon home. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, so her posse isn't as cool, but I think they're I think it's way more chill. I think that posse is way more fun to hang out with. That is okay. I will concede that. More fun parties, much nicer to play Dungeons and Dragons with than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ed Furlong, no offense. Yeah. And they're not talking business all the time. I imagine Sarah Connor, it's work, 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 24-7, the world's gonna end. <sighs> Yeah, and sometimes Eleven and the boys are going to just get some pixie sticks and, like, jump up and down on the bed and go ham. Yeah, when Sega Genesis comes out in a couple of years, oh. they're going to be up all night playing that. Come on. Yeah. I time travel to that party. Earthworm Jim, forget about it. But does Eleven have her own spinoff series? Not that I'm aware of. It's probably in the works, but no. Okay. Well, Sarah Connor does, so. Hmm. You know what? By the time this show's over, I am going to write the pilot for the Eleven spinoff series. By the time we're done recording this episode? That's right. Okay. I'm multitask and get this done. If I can just get Matthew Modine on the phone. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're working on that, I, I just want to say one last thing here in the who's better argument portion of our show, which is that the actors who played Sarah Connor are so cool. I've already mentioned Linda Hamilton. Lena Headey, I freaking love her. I love everything that she's in. I think she's one of the best parts of Game of Thrones. Lena Headey, she's in Dread. Great movie. Uh, and Amelia Clark, so strong, so brave. She had uh, a couple of aneurysms on the set of Game of Thrones and then came back from it. So I feel like everybody who plays uh, Sarah Connor is, is just like the most awesome person. I think everybody who plays Sarah Connor is pretty awesome, but Caitlin, unfortunately, that's who we really are. And I think who we want to aspire to be is the beautiful Millie Bobby Brown coming into an elegant existence where Hollywood is at your feet. The whole world is your oyster. You're on the most popular television show, maybe in the last 15, 20 years. The whole world's your oyster. You're starring in motion pictures with Godzilla. You're all over the place. You're getting married. You're engaged to a Bon Jovi. She, to a Bon Jovi. New Jersey royalty. Mm. I mean, God, that's that's the dream. You're right. She is living the dream. I Great points all around. As usual, Adam, it's so hard to argue with you because you're both smart and nice. And you as and well. And that's why the whole premise of this show is a nightmare. But we <laughs> have to do it. <laughs> we have to. And I think that we've reached the end of round one. I think all that right. we've argued all that we can, and it's time to kick it up a notch with some segments. But first, we're going to take a short break. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back, everybody. Welcome to round two for this week's episode of Versus. Now, in round two of the show, Adam and I get to pick one game each to play with each other, a sort of card that we can deal where we can force the other person to do one on a list of segment ideas that our producers have compiled. Adam, this week, I am choosing the segment titled Gut Punch. Now, in this segment, you've got to dig deep into your own trauma, your own pain, to describe why this character is meaningful to you. Now, this isn't about who's cooler. This isn't about whose powers are better. It's just about who means more to us as human beings. So right now, you are going to have one minute to give me an emotional argument about why Eleven is the greatest character ever. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. I said it earlier, I'm a basic bitch who falls for nostalgia, and there's a scene at the end of this current season when Eleven is reunited with Hopper, and it's after all these battles, and she thinks that he is dead, and they haven't seen each other, they don't know what's going on, and he walks through the door, and when she sees him, her face just falls, and they're just so happy to see each other, and I... I've had experiences like that where I thought I was going to lose somebody and I didn't. And I felt that drop in my stomach and I really, that got me in the feels that just, I don't know, maybe there's something parental that I haven't worked out in my therapy that I need to, but there's that too. And then when they go out, the way the season ends is they realize all of the hard work that they just did. It's not done. It's almost as if they've somehow made it worse. And I feel that every time I get a bill in the mail, I'm like from the electric company or something. I'm like, I just paid this. Why are you doing this to me? So that defeat in life, I'm accustomed to, and I feel her pain. God, um, excuse me. I'm just a wipe away a tear. That was so beautiful. I'm sentimental. I, I told you, this is real. You've got a heart as big as the ocean. Okay. Back to you. What is your gut punch moment for Sarah Connor? Absolutely. Let me tell you about what it's like to be a woman in America. Um, A lot of the time it's fine, but some of the time it's horrible. There are laws designed to control our bodily autonomy, and I'm just a cis woman. My God, can you imagine? But here we have this character who embraces her truth with both hands. She won't let people tell her that she's crazy. She won't let people tell her that she should or shouldn't have a child, should or shouldn't have sex with this guy that she wants to have sex with. You get it, Kyle. Look at Kyle Reese. We all would. And she grabs her destiny and she runs with it. She is the kind of mother that I aspire to be. She is the kind of woman I aspire to be. When I look at Sarah Connor, I see a long line of mothers who were so strong and and so brave and would do anything to protect their children and we would be nothing without them. We're nothing without our mothers and Sarah Connor is the er mother. <sighs> I am the child of a single mother and I get it. 
That's a very good, that's very good. But honestly, Caitlin, I love you, buddy. But going forward, I would greatly appreciate it if you would let me explain what it's like to be a woman in America. You know what, Adam? You make such a good point. And that was actually a little bit disrespectful of me. And I will We don't keep have to talk about it. That's okay. That's fine. You, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah. You thank you so much for that. As long as I can just make fun of every single Midwest stereotype that you have ever heard. And you're like, Oh God, I'm all of them. You're gonna go, you're gonna have a cheese ball with that? Okay. I did see a shirt, honestly, on a site that like, for Michigan stuff, and it just says, yeah, no, okay. And that's a <laughs> that's a Michigan saying. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but uh, there's a description right. on the site for the shirt that's like, hey, do you want to go get ice cream or whatever? And the response yeah, is, no, yeah, okay. no, okay. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are wild out there. Speaking of wild, it's it is wild, our characters. They're doing some wild things. And I think any way to identify what what is wild, what we're about to get into is a theme song. So, Kaylin, my challenge for you is in the next 30 seconds, I would like you just to make up a theme song to a Sarah Connor show about Sarah Connor. Okay. Whew, okay. Okay. I'm going to improvise a theme song for Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor kicking robots in the head. Sarah Connor, because of her, we're not all dead. She's the badass lady with a lot of guns. And as we know, guns are not fun unless they're in the hands of Sarah Connor. Second verse, Sarah Connor, you gotta love her. She drives around with her son and a robot. She saved the future. She saved the past. She's a badass lady. She's a badass. That was great. That was very good. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was the extended cut. Guns are bad except in the hands of Sarah Connor. <laughs> and I stand by it. I, I agree with you. I'm 1,000. I'm on board. Thank you so much. But uh, this wouldn't be versus if it wasn't a challenge. So let's see, Adam. Do you think you can top that theme song for 11? Okay, here we go. Hey, girl, it's a big world and you're finding a way on your own. You're out there in the streets and you're fighting these freaks because you know you're on your own. You're the who's your bruiser. You're the girl with the plan. You're the one who can save us all. Da 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 da. Take the world by storm. Yeah, you're finally on your own. Wow. It was like a Murphy Brown style. Like. That's what I saw in my head. <laughs> it's just 11 in a hat, throwing yeah. it up in the air. She's in a very like professional business suit. Yeah. She's going to was... be the head writer of that show when she gets to New York. Oh, God, that was fantastic. I'm going to be humming the ba-da-da-da-da-da part. It was really good. Thanks, buddy. This is going to be a very difficult decision, um, but, you know, only one character can win. Thus is the premise of Versus. Yeah. Uh, And I think we just have one last chance to argue for our favorite character. So briefly, we're just going to do our closing arguments. You ready, Adam? Yep. Feel free. Uh, I think Eleven is is the greatest for the reasons I've said here today and and many more, but I think she is a, she's a perfect representation of the hubris of man, of what man can do because we're just, we're too proud. And she's the victim of that. And she, she, she shows resolve and steps forward and embraces not just life, but also her power. 
she, you know, she's throwing people around with her mind. I mean, she threw Vecna through some high school bleachers and that's badass. You know, that's really cool. And also she's got a cool story to tell once she, you know, she's got the words down. She's speaking great. So when she's out at a Buffalo Wild Wings or something, she can tell everybody, hey, I'm part of MK Ultra. I was. And when she's really old and sitting in a bar by herself, just chain smoking, she'll be able to tell that story. And that's pretty badass. So if you want the world saved, this little girl has mind powers. That's your hero. If you want the world saved, this little girl has mind powers. That's a good point. Okay, Adam, I don't know if I can top that, but I am going to try. Here we go. When we first meet her, she is a college student and a waitress. And by the end of her story, she is perhaps the greatest hero on earth. Sarah Connor is the most incredible union of strength and compassion. Uh, She saves all mankind and womankind and other people kind. By believing in herself, by never giving up on what she knows to be true, she has the force of will and the strength of body to rescue us all from certain doom at the hands of Skynet. And I guess I just, all I can say is this is the kind of person that I think we need more of in the world. Someone whose views and ideals can change when they meet, you know, one special person who teaches them not all robots are bad. You know, she's the iron giant boy in the body of just like a ripped to shit badass. And I adore the character and I hope to bring more of Sarah Connor into my own life. Very good. Thanks, man. Very, very good. (sighs) Man, can you imagine being a listener right now and having to pick between these two characters? I know, because all I'm thinking about now is her, like, doing pull-ups in that cell. It's so cool. It's so cool. Does, does he say that she stabbed him in the knee with a pen, or does she do that? She, she, I think that's she why does. she's locked up, right? That's why she's yeah. in solitary? God, I don't remember, but her whole escape is so cool. I mean, just like Eleven floating through the air with her little hair, like, sparking all over the place. Like, you just can't beat these dames. That gymnasium fight where she fights Vecna in this last one when she shows up mm. and just, I know it's it's played out and everybody's done the cool little comment when they do something badass, but there's something about her saying hi to Vecna after she turns around that I was- Man, two iconic moments. It's pretty good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're great. And these characters rule and Adam, you rule. And thank you- You rule, buddy. For being my co-host and my friend and my uh, co-pilot on this journey through pop culture and nerd culture. Uh, So if you are listening right now, share your thoughts on this week's showdown. Send in your picks for what other pop culture icons should go back to back next time. And we'll see you next week on Versus. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Versus is a Wood Elf original series, executive produced by Rob Herding, David Henning, Ryan Middledorf, Caitlin Hempstead, and Adam Peacock. Produced by Tom Breck. Original music by Darren Johnson. Edited by Neely Oftering. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, 
Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.